Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Patricia Fripp. How are you, Patricia? So good, you would find it difficult to believe. I love it. I love that answer. That's such a great answer. And I'm so glad that I found you in this nature. And I'm sure you're always like that. Yes. <laughs> That's excellent. Because well, you know, mm-hmm. when you respond in a way that other people don't, you have greater impact and you make a a greater connection Mm -hmm. because I believe if people associate feeling good interacting with us, even if you never see them again, Mm -hmm. you're on track. Mm -hmm. Like leave an impression. It, just getting on an airplane. How are you? Mm-hmm. Fine, fine, fine. How are you? Never felt so good in all my life. Oh, do you know it's amazing? You often get upgraded. You get extra oh, drinks. Oh, my God. You get extra attentions because <laughs> you have broken the sameness of their yeah. flight or their day. Yeah. So one time, sometimes even a, even a simple word as wonderful um, by responding to someone, it's right away. It's like, whoa, what do you mean? I was expecting fine. Like, what do you mean? Wonderful. Right. Like it's, <laughs> so I, I have a complete agreeance. Um, we always like to allow our guests to kind of take the floor and introduce yourself in your own words, um, about you and what you do. I have the perfect job as my brother, Robert Fripp will say, I'm not surprised my sister gets paid to tell people what to do because she was a bossy little girl. Now, sales teams engage me to help them drive more sales by perfecting their important conversations and presentations. Mm -hmm. And executives hire me to help them drive more impact in their companies and drive enthusiasm and engagement with their associates through their presentations and their their interactions. And then a lot of Silicon Valley, oh, God bless Silicon Valley. I help their engineers and content experts speak in a clear, concise, interesting and understandable way when they deliver presentations, whether they're virtual or in person. So that's what I tell people to do. Speak in a clear, concise, credible, and more interesting way than their competition. Mm. Very good. And I w- would you say that's like more online, in line with a, like a communication expert? I would say I am a pr- persuasive presentation skills expert. Okay, that's excellent. Even that title is new to me. So uh, this is great. You're doing a great job. And you know, one thing that caught my attention is the pausing. And, you know, I've been doing it for so long. Uh, Some people will say, you know, why do you pause? Like, just get to it. Like, I want to just hear the whole thing. Right. And then some people, oh, my God, when you pause, I was just, I could feel my soul. You know, it's like, 
I want to hear more about this from you, from an expert, because I find it like I'm, I'm very in love with the pause, but sometimes you hear something that hey, it's too long, you know, whatever. Right. But what is your kind of input on the pausing okay, presentations? Yeah. There are two reasons, important reasons why you should pause. And one exercise I will give our listeners. Okay, good. One, for, for our audience, whether it is a business conversation, a sales presentation, a speech, a webinar, content experts like us are invited to give information. Information that will improve the condition of our clients or our listeners. And we know what we're talking about. And when people know what they're talking about, often they talk too fast. Well, the idea is you have to help the audience understand what you are there to help them understand. Mm -hmm. That means... You are having a duologue even if they aren't speaking. So, for example, you and I are having a conversation. An audience, when they're listening, you, you make a statement and you need to give them a moment for them to think, really? Never thought of it that way. Or... What a good idea. In other words, you give information. You have to give people time to think the way in a conversation they might say, really? Can you give me an example? Based on what you're saying, what might they think? Give them time to think it. Secondly, we are having a conversation. This isn't scripted. We might have a general idea why we're having a conversation. So the pause gives you time to think what comes next. Because most of those irritating non-words, the er, ah, uh, um, mm. you know. Um, I suffer from that. That comes while you're thinking. Mm. So so you, you can pause, get comfortable with silence. Many people are not comfortable with silence. And once in a while, people say, oh, you're still there. I say, yes. Here's a concept for you. Think before you speak. I am thinking about the best way to answer your question. The exercise. If, if what you were going to say was on paper, where would the commas be? Where would the periods be? Where would the paragraphs be? Speak in verbal punctuation. So a comma will be a slight pause, maybe half a second or a second. Then the end of a sentence would be two seconds. The end of a paragraph, just as there's more space on the page, would perhaps be three seconds. Then if you would underline and put an exclamation mark, you do that with you speak. You're not going to believe it. Oh, what? What won't I believe? Now, as we're talking about serving our audience, one of the best ways, whether it's email, whether it's a conversation, a phone call, 
hallelujah for Zoom meetings because it's so much easier to get to know people if you can see them and you can also tell they're not checking their email. We need to speak as an audience advocate. We need to bring our audience into our conversation. So you might say, in your experience, you know what it's like when? How often have you? You're using you-focused language. And whether you're writing copy, writing an email, or speaking, you is a magic word. So you might be give, giving a presentation or, or, or even at a dinner party, you might have a conversation. And then every time you say, in your experience, oh, what, what? It's you're bringing your audience, you're waking them up again. Mm-hmm. If you were to say, if I were to ask you, oh, what's she going to ask me? These are ways to keep engaging your audience, even if it was a podcast and they weren't seeing you. If I were to ask you, oh, what? It, it's just a nice way to speak as an audience advocate. Mm-hmm. Understand there's an audience listening, even when you don't see them. And that terminology, you know, you mentioned you, right? And when somebody hears you, they're like, me? Like, it's, it's, it's a connection. Um, and then some people use, I just did, um. You didn't say anything. So, <laughs> I was like, I'm nervous, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, oh, again, crap, I, I always say up. So it's so as well. See, I'm in so are 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 something that I'm I'm working on. We all do. Don't yeah. beat yourself up. Yeah. When we say you, how is the term we? You know, when you just make a point, it's like, we should do this rather than that. You know, like to add more of a community well, type and, you know, like to make us feel great. comfortable. Mm-hmm. We is great. Should might be replaced with. We would be well served if we were to come to an agreement or we would be well served if we look forward to December the 20th, 2022 and decide what would we like our sales to be? And let's look backwards because it might interest you to know that we could double our sales with our same customer base. That doesn't mean we're not going to attract new business. However, if we developed and managed our relationships with our existing customers and communicated to them on a regular basis, especially when we're not asking for business, we could very well double our sales by this time next year. Now, I'm making this up as I go along. I know, I know. I get it. You see, we is good. Should is not so good. Should Mm. is a stern father. You should clean your room. You should Mm. stop driving your mother crazy. Mm. Yes. And then you find that when you go into teams and and individuals, when you train them on sales, do you find the communication is one of the number one hindrance that they're facing in closing more sales? 
I have a, a certain skill when it comes to sales presentations. And I tell my clients, I am not going to tell you how to get in front of your prospect. However, once you are there, I can absolutely 100% guarantee if you take my advice, you will sound more powerful, persuasive, professional, and personable than your competition. And once in a while, my client said, well, they told us we had the best presentation, but our price was too high. Well, you know, I can't guarantee you get the business. I can guarantee your presentation will be better. And perhaps you would like to know some of those magical techniques. So can you give one of the, the techniques yes. to our audience? <laughs> I'll give more than one. Please. Oh, okay, great. If you sound the same as everybody else, you have no advantage. Mm -hmm. That means you never thank your prospects for their time. My prospects are busy, so am I. They're no busier than I am. And it doesn't matter if you're, if what you sell is $100, $1,000, or $10,000, or some of my clients, it could be quarter of a million dollars. You don't want to sound the same as everybody else. What you do is you thank them for the opportunity to discuss. If the Fripp presentation skills training might be what you're looking for. You thank them for the opportunity. Then work on one principle behind everything you say. And that is that everybody is more interested in themselves than mm -hmm. they are in us. And I recommend my sales teams when they are, you know, there are different levels you go through. When you're talking to an, a major influencer or the decision makers or a team making the decision, I would recommend your first words are congratulations and mention something that they have a right to be proud of. Congratulations. Your stock price just went up three points. And I notice your two major competitors are down three points. You're obviously making great decisions. Oh, congratulations. Your marketing campaign is superb. Oh, Requires research. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Congratulations on the great contributions you've made to your city. Your buildings are a showcase and have again. enhanced. You know. So you get then, mm -hmm. again, it's like the wonderful, never felt so good in my entire life. You were acknowledging, you know who they are and what they've done. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, thank you for the opportunity. Then if, and very often you've had, if you're one of the, say, three contenders, after they've been through all the choices, you probably have someone preparing you for meeting with their executives. Always mm -hmm. make them a hero with their bosses. Thank you to John and Mary they have, for their generosity in time and information. And they mentioned that your interests, your challenges, your opportunities or what you would like to discuss. 
So what? put it in whatever words they used. We have these opportunities, these challenges, these frustrations, or the leadership is interested in knowing this. And that becomes your agenda. And everything that you want to say about your company, about who you serve, goes in the simple framework of what they are interested in hearing. Mm. Very good. It's like it's in a form you're basically breaking the preoccupation barrier. You're getting their attention. And you are speaking as an audience advocate from their point mm. of view. Yeah. If you think back, and hopefully less people do it this way, but good morning. My name is Patricia Fripp. I'm with the ABC company, and we've been in, bed, in business for 20 years, and we have this unique methodology that does this, and we do business with this, this, this company, and we'd love to do business with you. Nobody cares. No. And Benefit, benefits. Yeah, and let, let's face it, in, in this world, if you are getting to the point where you're talking to their executive team, they know all about you. And I, I've often said to clients, does it matter if they're saying, oh, yes, we'd like a demo, or yes, we would like to do some sort of whatever your next step is? Does it matter if they say, we want to do an evaluation if they don't know how long you've been in business mm. because they probably know or it doesn't make that much difference. No. And when it comes to prepping for a presentation, are there any recommendations or suggestions to people going into in a presentation of some sort to do some kind of pre Present, presenting um, steps or something they do before they go into a meeting. Do you have any kind of recommendations? Give me a situation. How big is the sale? So say, you know, a high ticket, maybe 10,000 plus. Um, All right. You prep Perfect. Yeah. Okay. I was working with a, a company that it was to do with pension plans and it took them a year to be in a position to deliver a one hour presentation and this was to a group of individuals and if they said yes it was worth about five million dollars over the next five years and I said, just as a matter of interest, how long do you rehearse before your presentation? What I expected them to do is that they had worked, they'd taken a year, they'd worked on this presentation, and a week beforehand, they rehearsed, they brought people in from their company to ask them tough questions. They videoed it, they analyzed it, and they did that multiple times until they could perfect it. They could deliver the presentation with or without their slides. That's what I expected them to say. Mm -hmm. They said, if we do a run through in the back of Jillian's car before we walk in, we're lucky. <laughs> so you need to know you need to know exactly what you plan to say. Mm -hmm. 
You need to have a strong foundation. You need to know exactly how you're going to open, exactly how you close, and know it so well that you can be flexible because this is a prospect. And if they want to say, oh, forget the PowerPoint, just talk to us, you've got to be yeah. able to do that. If, if, if they ask you questions and you were going to cover that 10 minutes later, you need to know what you say is, I'm happy to answer that now. It would come up in 10 minutes. Would you like me to answer it now? You need to be able to switch your content around on the spot. And that means you know it so well you can forget it. And Very that important. doesn't happen immediately. Mm. This takes planning and rehearsal. As Michael Caine mm. said, and I don't argue with British uh, Oscar winners, he said, rehearsal is the work. Performance is the relaxation. Mm. And if you're walking out on stage and addressing 2,000 people, or you know this presentation could at least lead to the next step of making one of our biggest sales this year, you better rehearse. Take it seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, how about mindset? How does mindset come play a role in all of this? Confidence comes from knowing your lines. That is an old showbiz. You know, once in a while, people say, well, especially when I was mostly a keynote speaker, what happens if you get up and you have to give a speech to 500 people and you don't feel like it? I say, you would never ask yourself the question, do I feel like it? You have to live up to your professional obligations. So I would say, be well rested, be prepared, take deep breaths. In my career, I have presented 3,500 live presentations and hundreds of virtual. However, in this, in this world of virtual presentations, this, it's, it's always nerve-wracking because what if the technology doesn't work? You know, all you can do is be prepared as possible and understand your nervousness is excitement. And that's mm. why if you've only memorized one part of the sales presentation of the, the speech, it has to be the beginning. Because mm. once you get over, okay, they're smiling at you, the technology is working, then you can relax. Mm. This happened to me. It's funny that I was, I was doing an event <clears throat> on Facebook and I decided, or someone told me, said, why don't you put a countdown? So by the time people are arriving, they have a countdown going 30 seconds before you start. And it had a music uh, connected to it. So I had the background. I had the countdown. The countdown ended. I did the presentation. Like it was like, you know, 35 minutes or so. I came back and nobody, everybody was saying, no, we couldn't get in touch, couldn't get it. Facebook bans the content if it was um, copyright issue. So if you're using any kind of a, a theme or any kind of video and it has music attached to it, they're not going to allow you to uh, display that video. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> 
We learn by our experiences. Yeah. And if we're really smart, not only do we learn by our experiences, we learn by other people's experiences. Yeah. So true. So true. And you know what? Everyone has the experiences. And um, especially when you're actually presenting for you, for example, 3,500 presentations, we're talking about vast amount of experience here. Like, and I don't think there's anything that you haven't decades. been. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's, you know. Oh, I wanted to ask you about the, when you're working with clients, does it matter if it's like a Canadian accent or American accent compared to British when you're teaching them communication? Does that have a, a issue or any, any form for you when you're training them? Well, understand a good portion of my clients being Silicon Valley, oh, English yeah. is not their first language. <laughs> and my, my advice is it's great to have an accent because it makes you an object of interest. Yeah. Only concern we have to have is, are you understandable? Mm. And that might mean slowing down, pausing. Mm -hmm. We always have to give our audience time to get used to mm. our, you know, our accent. Because we mm. all have accents to somebody yeah. else. Doesn't matter where, yep. And and sometimes I know there are some words we just can't say. For example, in my introduction, I used to say before she was a speaker, she was a very successful entrepreneur. <coughs> if people haven't read through it and know it, they can't say entrepreneur. It with entrepreneur, you have to know you have to know where the syllables go. So you learn that and take it out. And some of my clients who have accents, thick accents from other countries, the some words are not understandable. And I'll just suggest other words that are similar, mean the same. It's just easier to say and e easier for us to hear. And that is true. Even I have a Dorset accent. I come from the south of England. And I promise when I got off the boat in America, I did not sound exactly the way I do now. And years ago, I worked with a friend who was a speech pathologist. I would say I used to be a hairstylist. I used to be a hairstylist, but it came out as "Hey, hey!" People would say you used to be a hairstylist. So you you just work on making the words you use understandable. Mm -hmm. And you know, you speak about presenting right in a group and to teams or public speaking, for example. You know, a lot of People in the market, for example, in entrepreneurship, they talk about, you know, be just be authentic, be yourself, right? And I understand that. But Not in a lot of senses. If you're a babbling, incoherent twit, mm. <laughs> if you use so, non specific language and non words, this mm. is the secret. I'll allow me to finish. I, I wanted to just okay. finish my point about this. So. All right. What were we talking about? Sorry, my memory. You were saying here. about being authentic, being themselves, and I yeah, so jumped be, in. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Everyone learns, even at this. Don't worry. You know, it's all good. So when, for example, 
you are what were we saying sorry my mind just wandered off somewhere else uh, it was repeat? my fault. You were it's talking okay. about, I am, of course, talking about being prepared, knowing what you're going authentic. to say. And you yes. were saying, some people say, well, I want to be me, authentic, yes. real. Yes. So that's one part, right? The communication about that authenticness, right? Like, how did I, how was I brought up? Let me communicate the same way. And then the next part is their appearance. So a lot of people, you know, they they were very comfortable in t-shirts, tank tops, and stuff like that. What is your point of view and your experience that when it comes to visual appearance appearance, and is it important to be dressed like appropriate when you go into these presentations? And is it is it okay to be authentic in both areas, a communication and the way they look? Or should they make both better? Okay. Well, that's two different subjects. So let's begin with being authentically you. The great philosopher Raquel Welsh said, style is being yourself on purpose. And I translate that to, of course, you want to be you. However, you have to be the best you. You think I am going to be meeting this very important uh, prospect. What might I say to the questions that she might ask me? So you see, you, you are mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. And when you work on communications, I say to my clients, you need to be perpetually prepared because for every formal presentation we have, There are dozens of unplanned or, oh, Patricia, I didn't know you were going to be in our meeting. Uh, In in a couple of minutes, can you give us, you got 10 minutes to give us an update on your project. So I coach my clients on, and when you have no time to prepare, how can you be perpetually prepared? That's part of that. You Mm -hmm. want to be the very best you. And you mentioned it, how you dress, it has to be appropriate. Now, I was raised by my mother who said, of course, it's the inner you who counts. However, you have to dress up and look good so that you can attract people and then they can find out how nice you are, how smart you are and how valuable you can be to them. Mm -hmm. When I am an executive speech coach and when I used to deliver, you know, more than a hundred keynotes a year on stage. I knew that most people in the audience would think, oh, I like Patricia's red suit. The executives would know, oh, she's probably doing pretty well because she's wearing custom-made clothes. You see, the executives would know And I am reminded many years ago, one of my friends, Joel Whitfield, he was in our local chapter of the National Speakers Association. He was the best dressed person we had ever seen in sales and marketing execs in NSA. And he was in the wine business and he used to speak and give seminars and sales presentations. And he said one day he went to the store where he bought his clothes. And he was feeling two seats. Now, we are going back to, this is probably the early 90s. Yeah. 
that I was feeling the fabric and I said to the salesperson, I can't tell the difference between the $1,400 suit and the $1,800 suit. And the salesman said, oh, sir, most people can't tell the difference. However, the people you want to impress can. Mm. And that I have always remembered. Amazing. Now, I work in Silicon Valley and, and <laughs> multi-millionaires wear jeans and shirts. And that's absolutely fine. So I might not wear high heels and a, and a, sh and a skirt, but I am going to wear a nice pantsuit. When I am in virtual meetings, I always have makeup, my hair looks good, jewelry, and I'm going to look good. Now, I certainly know that although I might not wear my best slacks, I have comfortable and nice looking jeans and I have real shoes on because slippers are running shoes. You don't feel the same. You don't project mm. the same. Yes. Yes. So true. You know, we always like to ask our guests what their inner superpower is that got them to this point in their life. My inner superpower, which was not natural, it's learned from 40 years of studying one subject. I have the ability to listen to what my clients say or when I'm doing a an, an event, people will present their opening lines or their stories. I have the ability to almost simultaneously say, say it this way instead and improve it. But mm. that is a developed superpower from years of focusing on how do you communicate better? How do you get your message across? Excellent. No, that's definitely, I can tell. Um, and you're doing good work, like being in public, being out there, sharing this experience, coming on shows like this and telling people about it, about how important communication is, especially in sales and bringing that awareness and helping people create a better business for them and their employees and, you know, basically everyone. So it's appreciated what you're doing. Thank you. And do you do... Now, if anyone mm -hmm. would like... To know more information, if you go to my website, fripp.com, you can see my the bottom of my square, fripp.com. You can get free resources on presentation skills. I have over a thousand blog posts on effective communication and sales. And if you click on Fripp VT, which is Fripp Virtual Training, you see at my bottom, that mm -hmm. is all the best of what I've learned in decades around communications and sales presentations. If you click on that, you can immediately go in and have a free trial. You take takes you immediately into the system and get a taste of it. Amazing. So Thank you. Frip VT, Powerful Persuasive Presentation. But if you remember Frip, there's a lot of free information we make available for anyone. You don't have to spend any money. We'll take money That's if you want it, but there's plenty yeah. for free. 
That is great. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that kind of information public like that. And an audience like take jump on this. Like if you guys are in business and sales, every little bit helps. You know, I'm always saying hire the experts, learn from them, get really, really good at that skill, hone it in get another mentor, get another coach. So you're always learning, always improving yourself continuously through people like Patricia. And even if you can't, you do it through available content that's online from the right sources, because, you know, information is, is there's over amount of information available online, but just from the right places, especially like this, that uh, Patricia is talking about FRIP VT. If you can get the knowledge, get the ball rolling, when you have questions, connect with them, ask them, you know, maybe they can take you to the next level, but at least you're starting from somewhere and gaining that information, watching these shows, like episodes, amazing help. But when you're not, there's other material available like Patricia is offering. And again, Patricia, I want to thank you for taking the time to actually come on the show. I'm grateful to have you on. And um, I'm hoping that uh, more and more awareness will come towards you via this show uh, for forever. And thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.